Welcome to Mysteries, Myths, and Legends. I'm Taylor. I'm Savannah. Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Episode 137. Ayo. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. We're, yeah. So, Savannah, yesterday, what did we do? Tell the people of the world. Okay, okay. So... I think we already said that we mm-hmm. we have we went to go see the um the ballad of songbirds and snakes mm-hmm. the new Hunger Games movie. Yes, indeed. But we, did. we see but we went and saw it again a second time. <laughs> yes, indeed we did. <laughs> but this time it wasn't normal. It wasn't a normal movie going experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was um 4DX. Mhm. So, yeah. And if you've never heard of that cuz honestly I had barely even. Yeah. But it's like kind of in the mix between like a roller coaster and a movie where the seat moves and like in a bunch of different ways and it can fog and snow and rain and flash and all this other stuff. And it was so crazy (laughs) with the moving seats. We were thrown about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was one scene in particular that like. It just threw us around (laughs) so crazily. I mean, yeah, we absolutely got rocked um, in the Hunger Games. Um, And you could feel, because, you know, the Hunger Games, you know, there's a war, there's a game, you got to kill people. You could feel the stabs of people getting, like, stabbed in the back. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was there. A tribute in the Hunger Games myself. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) nearly. Um, but yeah, it was a cool experience. I feel like I would maybe do it again. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, um... I want to see a horror movie like that. Yeah. Because I think that would be really scary. I think jump yeah. scares would be horrifying. I know. Because I feel like it no, would actually definitely. jump, physically jump you. Yes. As well as your heart <laughs> would stop. So... Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, like, I feel like things could grab you. Ew. I was gonna say something about the seats, but I don't want to spoil anything about the movie. But... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, it was a it was a cool experience. It really was so cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love that we were able to do that. Um, but I also had one more question. Moving along okay. from the movie, did you see the moon tonight? As oh. we were recording. No. No. No, uh, I didn't see it. Okay. Well, after we record, you have to go look. It's a full moon. I think it's called the Beaver Full Moon tonight and it is so big yeah i drove to get a prescription earlier and it was so big i thought it was a street light because they are working on my road and i was like oh Mm -hmm. nope double take that's the moon oh wow (laughs) so okay so the beaver moon just means it's like huge you know i don't really know what (laughs) specifically about the beaver it that even means but that's just what i saw it be called oh okay it is huge absolutely huge huh well it's at least cool that's cool yeah i don't even hmm. now i i feel like i'm i'm curious as to why it's called that too me too i should have looked it up but did i no Hmm. okay yeah i'm gonna have to take a look Mm -hmm. but other than that go rate and review us on apple Podcasts and spotify please but if you Mm want to go ahead and get into your story okay yeah I'm i'm gonna get into it um we we have a lot to cover with um well at least with yours yeah because I know yours is gonna be long so yeah we do 
we got it. We got to get started. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So. My story this week is on a haunted hotel. Ooh. Um, it is the Andrew Jackson Hotel. Oh, Andrew Jackson. I know yeah. him somewhat. Yeah. Um, we don't like him. No, no, no. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. So this, this hotel is in New Orleans. Ooh. Um, okay. Yes. Yep, we're going down south. No, no. Um, and it is actually listed on the National Register for Historic Places. Um, and it's been on there since 1965. So it's a historic location. Um, and it is, it's like a, a two-story hotel. And it has a balcony on the second floor that overlooks Royal Street. In uh, the French Quarter of New Orleans, so it's like right there in the in the city, just in the hustle and bustle. Um, <laughs> you overlook one of the main streets. Um, so yeah, it's it's in a good spot. Um, but um, taking it back as to sort of why it's called the Andrew Jackson Hotel, mm-hmm. um, do you have any sort of like idea yeah do you think Um, you know why it would be called that well my first assumption is a maybe he owned it at some point or b he lived there okay um neither of those okay interesting (laughs) okay so it's called the andrew jackson hotel because it's actually um it, it actually used to be a courthouse and this is the courthouse that found Andrew Jackson in contempt of court (laughs) in 1815 that that is so funny (laughs) so yeah what a reason to be called the Andrew Jackson hotel (laughs) yes yeah so it's uh the reason behind it is like basically you know against him like they just didn't like him then don't like him now you know like let's mock him even more (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much uh so yeah the building was a u.s federal courthouse 
That's and crazy how they were able to turn it from a courthouse to a hotel. Right? I know. And it was actually something else before that, but I'll mm-hmm. um I'll get into that in a little bit. But um but yeah, it was a courthouse and they uh they did they find Andrew Jackson in eighteen fifteen with contempt of court. Um when he was still a general. He wasn't president yet. Um but yeah, so here's the story behind that. He arrived in New Orleans in December of 1814 to get their defenses up because he was like, there's going to be an invasion here, a British invasion. So we got to like, you know, be prepared for these battles. Mm-hmm. So he ordered martial law um, because they're in the middle of a war um, and no one could come into the city and nobody could leave. So, there is an invasion in January of 1815, and the U.S., um, they won the battle. Um, I think it was a few battles, actually, and they they won. So, go team. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) afterwards, Jackson refused to lift the order, the martial Mm. law order. The power got to his head, did it? It, Yeah, really. Um, So, for months... He just, like, kept it People so nobody could leave? come in and nobody could leave. That's so weird. Why? You know, I don't think he really had a reason. Yeah. He just wanted just to. Just he could. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's why you should do things. <laughs> yeah. So, these battles were in January, and this was, like, going on for months. And finally in March, so three months later, the sen- a senator... He was like, we really need to lift this order to let people, like, go back to their lives, uh, right? yeah. So, Andrew Jackson, of course, like, he just had him arrested. Oh, good, good, good. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a judge ruled that this senator that he had arrested be released and then Jackson ordered that the judge be Stop. held in jail as well. Stop. And people just did it? Well, since it was still under martial law, like, oh he was God. a general in charge, so he could do what he wanted. I'm, uh, you can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so yeah, I mean, like, maybe that's why he wanted to do it, just so he could have the power to, like, you know, do what he wanted. So, yeah. Um, yeah. They're all in jail. And <laughs> finally... He decided to lift the martial law. So Jackson, he's like, okay, fine, guys. Like, we can go back to normal. And after this, the judge, you know, he had his full power back and he charged him with contempt of court and charged him with, um, charged him a fine of $1,000. That's a lot. Yeah. And I looked up, like, what it would be back then compared to today. And I don't know if this is correct, but, I mean, it's... It probably is. I don't know. It, it said that it would be like $20,000 today. Well, yeah, I think that is right. That's why I said it yeah. was a lot. Because, yeah, $1,000 was a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. 20000 that ain't cheap. Right. And he paid it, and he paid it with interest. Ooh. So he actually ended up paying $2,700. Oh, he paid double. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good. 
<laughs> so yeah, that is why um, it's called the Andrew Jackson Hotel. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So this building was actually demolished and then the hotel was built in its place, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you can still call it the same, you know, it's still the same location technically. Yeah, so, no, for sure. Yeah. So, um, but before it was the courthouse, and before it was the hotel, before it was the courthouse, it was actually a boarding school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a boarding school and like boarding school slash orphanage mm. um, for boys who had lost their parents to the disease I talked about last week, yellow, yellow fever. fever. Mm. Tragic. Yeah. So, as I said last week, uh, yellow fever tore through the com- country, um, killing many, many people over decades. Like, this was long-lasting, and it just was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do have some of the symptoms listed here, just to... I I think I did sort of say last week, but we'll just go through them again. Um, yellow fever, it brings, like... Um, it's like included, but not limited to high fever, vomiting, chills, jaundice, and liver failure. Mm, Not good at all. Yeah. So just not good. But, um, yeah. So no yellow fever per se in the, in the boarding school, but it's just like their parents had died of it. Yeah. That's So. so sad. Yep. So in... 1794 there were actually two major fires in the area which is sad as well Mm -hmm. um these fires destroyed many of the buildings in the french quarter what yeah and uh the boarding school was one of them it burned down no so so i guess this building was replaced twice in the same spot were people hurt in that fire um, so, unfortunately, yes, it no. did burn down with five boys inside. No. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, it is said that their ghosts still haunt the building, and they will, like, play in the courtyard in the middle of the night, oh. and, uh, they'll like turn the tv on and have like static playing on the tv in the middle of the night Mm, creepy and they also um or oh okay here's actually one account of the static on the tv so one guest he woke up to static on the tv and sat up to find the remote to like turn it off right and he thought to himself he's like i know i turned this off before going to bed And he ended up finding the remote and looked up and saw an apparition of a boy. Oh. And then he froze and, like, screamed. Yeah. (laughs) And the boy disappeared. Oh. That would scare me. Yeah. So that happened to somebody who was staying in the hotel. Yeah. Mm. Creepy. Very. Um, It's getting like that one horror movie with the static and the kid. uh Uh-huh. Don't like that. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, some of these are creepy. So, the um, 
The boys, they have been seen in room 208, 208, 107, and 109. And there's actually a lot listed for room 208. So I'm going to go through that real quick. Um, in room 208, it is said that a boy named Armand haunts this room. And some say that he died being thrown from the second floor balcony, no. which is horrible. Armand, that's horrible. Yes. And others say, even more horrible, he jumped from the balcony mm. committing suicide. No, Armand. Yes. But the balcony is, like, not in question. Like, the balcony definitely happened. Um, like that he fell from it? Yeah. Um... You know, I'm not sure if it's, like, 100%. Because I think he could have also been one of the people who were in the fires. Oh, okay. So. I see. Yeah. But that's just, like, the story most people go with, that he mm -hmm. jumped off of the balcony. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, his spirit uh, wakes up guests with laughter. Oh, oh, So he'll no, just be no, laughing no. to himself. No, no, no. Yeah. Creepy. Um, he also... This is, like, Armand, what are you doing? He shoves people off of beds. Armand, off of the bed. If I was shoved <laughs> off of the bed, that would scare me so bad. Right, I, like, I know. I'm not easily shoved off a bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not if I'm in it. Right. You're, like, tucked in. He's like, He's like, push. get out of my bed. Um, he also will tug the covers off of people at night. Mm. That's just so I disgusting, guess it, Armand. Maybe if he can't push you off the bed, he's like, I'm just going to take the covers. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that. I don't want to be pushed I, off the bed. I mean, I wouldn't be okay with either. Well, but. that's solid. <laughs> uh, many people will, like, be in this room for a little bit and then ask if they can switch rooms. Because mm. mm -hmm. it's just not, you know, people don't like it. Um, lights will also switch on and off. And there's just, like, an overall weird, eerie feeling. Like, somebody's watching you. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. That's really fun. Um, and also, there are, like, your personal belongings will disappear. Oh, okay, Armand, you can't you can't push me out of the bed and steal my things. Yeah, well, he doesn't, like, totally steal them because he takes them and then puts them somewhere else. Okay. So he sort of, like, makes you think you're going crazy. You're like, I, put, I know I put it here, and then it's somewhere else. That might be worse, Armand. The <laughs> mental games. I know, I already do that. Just, yeah. like, I, don't, I don't need you doing it for me, too. Right. So, yeah, um, there is some, like, small, like, there is a small chance that he will take it forever, though, too. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he does just steal some things. But, yeah, a lot of the time it's just, like, moving it around. Um, yeah, so that's, that's Armand. Um, and there's also another prevalent ghost here um, that is the ghost of a caretaker. Uh, they don't really have a name for her. But she is, um, like, a, a housekeeper from the hotel or maybe from the boarding school. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, she will be, like, cleaning and, and stuff and, like, just doing her normal routine. And, like, it's as if she's just, like, stuck in, stuck at work. It's, like, one of those kind of ghosts. Oh, no, like a residual. Yeah. Yeah. Haunting. That's sad. I know. I hate those. Um, so, yeah, the cleaning staff at the hotel has said that they feel like they're being watched when they go about their daily routine. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And they they definitely blame the ghost of this housekeeper. Yeah. Um, they also, um, them and, you know, people staying at the hotel will hear footsteps climbing the stairs up and down um, all times of the day and oh, night. Wow. Not the yep. night. Yep. Um, and she's also spotted most frequently in the lobby and in some rooms on the second floor. So, hmm. so yeah. Um, and of course, they also say that Andrew Jackson roams these hallways. Oh, of course. But honestly, I feel like it's a little less likely for him to be there. Because, like, if you think about it, why would he be there? Yeah, I surely would not be there. <laughs> you know? Because it's like, his he's only named, like, they only named it the Andrew Jackson Hotel just because he's, like, barely involved. Like, yeah. he wasn't even there for that long. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? And sure. it's probably only named that because he's one of the famous people who's been there. He's yeah. one of the presidents. Definitely. So. Yeah, I don't think he would be there. Right, like, it's not like he died there or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of ghost hunters who are in the area are, like, they they just think it's unlikely as well. Yeah. Um, some people have said that they see him, but it could just be somebody else, and people think it's Andrew Jackson because of the name of the hotel. Yeah, okay, that's, so. that's a good point. Yeah. Like, if you go in thinking that, even just seeing the name, like, you might just imagine that he's there, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and if sense. you don't know, like, the full story of why it's called that, exactly. you might be like, oh, like, he probably was here all the time. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the Andrew Jackson Hotel. Um, honestly, I, I feel like I would stay here. I was going to say, first of all, not only is the location amazing yes. <laughs> for where we need to be when we go to New Orleans, yes. but also, like, I'm down to stay in a haunted hotel, because this one is not that bad. I'm even down to stay in, um, what's his name's room? What's his name again? Yeah, in Armand. Armand's room. Yeah. Um, he can throw me out the bed. 208, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for our trip to New Orleans, whenever we plan it eventually. Yeah. This one might have to be on the list. I know. I need. I need to um, like see if it's in our price range. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. I was gonna say. Yeah. Did you look up pictures of it? Like, is it creepy looking? Is it? Nice? I saw like I did look up pictures of just like the front of it, mm-hmm. and it looks like um, like a normal southern building. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how to explain. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Did it give I the can... haunted vibe <sighs> from the outside? No. Okay. Well, that's a good sign. <laughs> For us. Yeah. Anyway. In our future. Yeah. I'm trying to look up a picture right now so I can send to you. Oh, true. True. Um, I think it's yellow. Why are all yeah. these houses yellow? See, some of these pictures, the way that they're shot makes it look a little creepy, but I don't... Yeah, that's probably for, like, paranormal, like, pages, you know, purposefully making the pictures look creepy just... To make them look creepy. <laughs> I exactly. Like I find that with a lot of houses that we cover. Yes. Okay, so I just sent it to you. Okay. Let's see. Oh my I mean, gosh, it really place just is seem- beautiful. Yeah, like it just seems like an old southern hotel. I mean, and that's what it is. So. Yeah. It actually, it does give haunted a little bit. <laughs> okay. I think just because it looks old. Mm-hmm. You know what they don't have? They don't have a haint blue ceiling. So that might be why there's ghosts there. 
<gasps> You're right. Hmm. Maybe that's what we need to tell them when we go there. Damn. They probably want the ghosts, though. They do want the ghosts. They needed it for the publicity. Wow. Mm-hmm. That place is cute, honestly, though, from the outside. Definitely yeah. go look at our Instagram so you can see the pictures of it. Yes. Beautiful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well... I guess moving along from your story, on to mine. If you weren't here last week, I did in fact cover the part one of the story that I'm going to finish today. So if you haven't listened to that one, maybe just pause and go listen and then come back because that's where you'll find all of the background information. So yeah, but Mm -hmm. I'll give a little bit of a quick recap. So my story is part two of the legend of Flight 571, where this um, Uruguay rugby team got on this plane to go to a game, and unfortunately, the plane crashed um, due to a huge snowstorm in the Andes Mountains, Mm -hmm. and I think where we left off (laughs) um, is that they had no medical supplies and hardly any food zero cold weather clothes and they were only able to make three pairs of sunglasses to help with the snow blindness yes so they're not in a good place um as we currently speak so starting picking up from where we left off i'm gonna tell you guys the whole full list of all the food that these people had um with them also just so we're keeping count we started with 45 people on the plane. And at this point in the story, there are 27 survivors. So. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So the food that they had, they had eight chocolate bars, a can of mussels, three small jars of jam, a can of almonds, a handful of dates and a handful of candy and several bottles of wine. And that was it. Oh uh-huh. my god. That's that's all they had. Yeah, and if you did miss the first episode, these people were stranded for over two months. So for two months, that's all they had. Guaranteed. Oh god. Yep. So most people what they had to do was eat a single nut every three days. Every three days? Yes, one singular nut every three days. But even this eventually ran out. So they had no choice but to try to hunt for whatever they could find that was living in this snowy mountaintop that they were on. <laughs> um, not very, not very good chances. And there was also no natural vegetation at this time due to the snow. So there was no like plants or anything that they could eat either. Other right. than snow, <laughs> quite literally. Um, so this made the survivors resort to this is this is horrible it makes my stomach hurt um they started eating the plane seats and leather from the chairs oh my god Mm -hmm. oh 
Yeah, and this did not last very long, if you can imagine, because it actually made everybody who did that so, so sick. Um, you know, our stomachs are not made to eat plastic and leather, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this team um, of people were kind of, like, hit with this question that none of us ever want to be faced with. What really would you do to survive? Um and, you know, all the people that were left alive, they all agreed that if they were to die, they wanted the remaining survivors to cook and eat them so that they would be able to escape. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They all agreed on that? Yep. They did. Wow. They did. Um, and See, so... even... I... Okay. I'm just going to pause right here and yeah. say, like, even if we like fully agreed on it i would still have so much trouble doing that that's just so hard it is because you have to think like all these people are either friends or family yes with an exception of like a couple of like plain workers so it's not even just random people that you have to eat it's like literally your friends and families dead bodies yeah because then Um, even and then if you do survive you have to live with that the rest of your life exactly exactly Um, yeah. So, you know, this conversation that they were having, you know, like, oh, if I die, please eat me so you can survive. This kind of led them to being like, well, if we already think this way, maybe we should eat some of the people who are already dead. Right. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, as I said, there was only 27 of them left. So there's, there is meat, you know, they just didn't resort to it that quickly so i just want to make this very 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 clear there's no i am not ever making fun of these people um you know they had to do what they had to do to survive right Um, yeah seriously props to these people but yeah they indeed resorted to cannibalism um so you know obviously them surviving was just as much as a mental challenge as it was physical for them and having to eat their dead family and friends only made it a hundred times worse. And so some of the survivors um, have actually came out and written books since this has happened. And specifically the guy that I talked about last week who was in the coma for three days and was able to come out of it. Um, his name is Nando Parado. He wrote a book and he writes, quote, For a long time we agonized. I went out in the snow and prayed to God for guidance. Without his consent... I felt I would be violating the memory of my friends and, in a way, stealing their souls. We wondered whether we were going mad, even thinking about doing such a thing. Was this the only sane thing to do? Truly, we were pushing the limits of our fear. Like, woo-wee. That's so chilling that he, like... (laughs) Some of them literally went out into the snow and, like, prayed Mm -hmm. to God to be like, can I eat my friends? Like, that... Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Like, I have so much, like, shout out to these people because I would never want to survive this bad. Like, I I would not survive this. (laughs) I wouldn't. See, it's like one thing, like, if I was by myself and had to do it myself, like, make that decision, Mm -hmm. I probably would not. But if you're with a group of people and they're all going to do it, like. Well, that's okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, like, I might do it, too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's true. That's very true. Um, 
So this guy that wrote that, Nando Parado, he says that he agreed with the rest of the group to eat them, but he only if the body of his mom and sister were never going to be eaten. So to me, I'm like, how does everybody not say that? You know? Right. But he was really the only one. So yeah, they, his mom and sister were not eaten. So he got what he wished for at least. Um, so at first as they are (laughs) about to eat this, most people could not stomach it literally. So most people like went to try to bite it and they like couldn't even do it. So that makes sense. That's probably what would happen to me. See, I wouldn't even be able to like, they had to cook it, right? Um, so yeah, they, yeah. Like I wouldn't even be able to do that. (laughs) So at first they actually did not try to cook it. They dried the meat. No, well they did, but not in the way that I think you're thinking. They dried the meat out in the sun, which kind of, in a way, this is just so bad. It's kind of like jerky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. like made some human jerky and it made it easier to eat. So that's how they started. And at okay. first they only ate the skin, muscles, and fat on the bodies. Okay. Um, and they ate it in the jerky form. But eventually, and unfortunately, the skin, the muscles, and the fat ran out. Um, and this led them to eating the hearts, lungs, and brains as well. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Having to like I'm just uh, having to butcher them mm-hmm. is yeah. probably the worst part. Yeah. What? Like absolutely. Oh, I cannot. I I just the way I'm so proud of these people for surviving is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, this is also very interesting. All of the passengers on this plane were Roman Catholic. So some of them did refuse to eat the meat when it came down to it. Um, they were like, yeah, actually, you know, we talked a bit talk, but I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. But all of them did eat it because oh. they were faced with the choice of literally eat it or die. Mm-hmm. So they did. And the last survivors to eat the meat were Javier Methal and his wife, Liliana. And fun fact, Liliana was the only female to survive the crash. So she was only girly pop. I mean, this was a men's team, so it was mostly men to begin with. Fair. Okay. But yeah, so Liliana, you know, she was the only girly pop left. And so they were the last couple to eat the meat. And they said that they were this because they were afraid that they were going to be cursed straight to hell. Um, so yeah, but yeah, now, uh, this next line, when they finally did eat the meat, Liliana, the girly pop, she said that it might as well have been like the Holy communion. Oh my God. And she really did say that. (laughs) But like, I mean, and it's not funny. I am laughing. It's really not funny. But like, it's supposed to be the body of Christ. (laughs) Yeah, that's so um, yeah, like I was just like, that's so savage. But she was like, yeah, they were starving, so obviously, yeah, it tasted, you know, pretty good. Um, so as if it couldn't get any worse, um, it did, <laughs> it did. You might think it can't, so, but it always can. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I 
the, okay. <laughs> I just don't know what to say about this. So, doesn't cannibalism, like, doesn't that make you really, really sick? Well. Is that a thing? Or do I just, was I, I just, like. I don't know if that's, hurt. like, in the movies. Because yeah. how does your body know if, if you're eating a cow versus a human meat? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Now, it did make some of them sick when they were eating, you know, like, when, I'm sure it made some of them sick, first of all, just because they hadn't eaten a lot of food, and now they have meat. And then, on top of that, these bodies have been decaying. Yeah. But it was really cold. Yeah. So, it was, they were preserved. it's, like, refrigerated. Yeah, kind of, it's been in the freezer. So, you know, it didn't make them too sick compared to what they have already been with the illness. So. I guess, I mean, I guess the thing is... That if that person had some sort of disease, then yeah, that's true. It could be transferred, but that's probably. But luckily, in this case, the one thing that didn't happen that did not happen. Yeah. So yeah, you know that's good. At least yeah, I'm trying to think where I've heard that before, like that you would get like sick from it. But I yeah, guess it's I just you you get sick because it's like so horrible. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> mentally it's sick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Um. But, anyways, so, like I said, as if you couldn't imagine it getting worse, it did. An avalanche struck <gasps> the survivors while they were sleeping. There's no way. Yep. And so this avalanche immediately killed eight more people. They lost their captain of the group, who had been leading all of them this far. And they also lost Liliana, the only woman. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And so this kind of... <laughs> I don't, it's crazy to think like this is what people were like, okay, now we're not going to make it. But once they lost the last woman, they felt so hopeless. They were like, we're never going to survive, which I mean, real, you know, Yeah. (laughs) but yeah. So this avalanche not only immediately killed the eight people, but it also trapped all of the other survivors for three whole days, completely under the snow. Now, how did they survive? You might ask. Yeah. <laughs> For three days. Nando Parado, this guy, was a genius. And he was able to find a metal pole that actually came off the plane, off the rugged, the, the ruggage, the luggage racks. And he used that little pipe, basically, to poke a hole from where they were to the top of the snow so that they could breathe. I like a straw. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. And they had to share. For three oh, days. Oh, my God. To breathe. Um, Until it all, like, melted or something? or Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or at least enough for them to get out. Because it was a lot of snow. A lot. And so, as they are trapped under the snow, they couldn't move a lot, but they could move a little bit. If that makes any kind of sense at all. And, yeah. you know, up until this point, they had been using the sun to dry out the meat in the jerky format. But now that they're buried under the snow, they can't really move and they definitely cannot dry anything out with the sun. Um, So this is when they began eating the raw meat of the deceased. Raw. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh God, it's so sick. Um, Nando describes eating the raw meat um, as, quote, it was soft and greasy with blood and gristle. And he gagged as he forced himself to eat it. Oh, my God. Mm -mm -mm. No. Now, that 
That is where I would be sick. I don't think I could get that down. Not raw. No. I'd become, like, vegan after this. Like, Same. if you survive and go home, you're like, Same. I'm never eating meat again. Never. <laughs> never. Ever, ever. Um, you know, that would be interesting because I didn't even look up to see if they were anybody who survived. But, yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> I bet I bet some of them were. Um, so... You may be thinking, you know, all this time that these people are stuck here, did they try to, like, walk to a nearby town or anything? You know, did they attempt to walk anywhere to try to find civilization? And yes, they in fact did. They trekked for miles and miles, um, you know, and they, with the thought of there has to be people somewhere close, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and they did not know. That they were over 55 miles from any known life. Yikes. Um, 55. Yeah, so they had no choice. They were never going to be able to walk to where they really needed to. You know, not without a huge expedition going. Because 55 miles is going to take days. And they're very unwell and they're, like, dying of hunger. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um... They did treks every single day, trying to, like, you know, just kind of map out what is going on and figure out where they are and see if they can find any sort of life. Um, And on one of the treks, they actually were able to find a small radio. Now, this was, like, the first point of, like, okay, maybe we have a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. They were able to turn this radio on and hear, like, words. They could hear people. And so they were like, oh, my gosh, like, guys we're going to survive. This was like the very, like, I think they just needed a little bit of hope. And then they were like, okay, we're going to survive. Um, when they turned the radio on, they could hear that the Chilean authorities had called off the search. Now they could hear, but they couldn't talk out of this radio. So that's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. now it sounds like bad news, you know, cause they're hearing that they called off the search for them. But the fact that they were getting a radio signal, they knew that they couldn't be, too 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 far from civilization you know like the radio towers only go so far right yeah they knew that like maybe if one or two of them could walk go on an expedition maybe they can find some help after all Mm -hmm. so um from the time between in between the avalanche and finding the radio three more people ended up dying um and one of them was due to gangrene from infected wounds and two more um, could not eat the raw human meat. So this did, in fact, lead them to starve to death. And one of them that starved to death died weighing 55 pounds. 55? 55. 55. That's it? Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, they literally starved oh, to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically the group knew, um, that if they did not do something and fast, none of them were going to make it. So it took, you know, a couple weeks of preparation and they gathered every single tool that they could possibly find. And on day 60 of being missing, um, it was December 11th at this point, Nando Parado, Roberto Canessa, and Antonio Vincenten set out on this huge expedition to find help. 
Now, at this point, they are already 60 days in to surviving in, like, sub-zero temperatures. And they know that they have days and days of hiking ahead of them. Um, so, to get out and just begin the expedition, they had to climb up and over an absolutely huge mountain that was over 15,000 feet tall. <gasps> and this was oh, the no. beginning. Like, this was step one of oh, the no. equation. No. Now, if you have never been to such an elevation, they call mountains that are over 14,000 feet um, tall 14ers. It's like a thing. And it's, you know, deemed pretty impressive when you hike a 14er or if it's at least a 14er. Because when you go above 14,000 feet, the altitude gets very, like, the air gets thin is what they say. And I, indeed, have hiked a 14er in Colorado before. And when I got to the top, I had severe altitude sickness. And mm. I literally almost passed out after being up there for like 20 minutes so the fact that these men were able to hike a 15,000 foot mountain under the conditions that they were in it's just beyond me because I could never I'm saying I would never survive this ever in my life um so yeah unfortunately they I mean well fortunately they do make it over the first mountain and they're on their trek you know walking along but the trek actually lasted far longer than they thought it was going to. So they had planned for like a week. Unfortunately, it was going to take two. And at this point, they were so far from where they had started, which was good. But also, they ran out of food. Yeah. And so they knew that there was no way, if they did not have anything to eat, that they would have the energy to be able to continue. So Vincenton one of the guys, um, said that he would go back, walk back, imagine. <laughs> Can you imagine after hiking for a week and being like, okay, I'm going to no, go back. literally, why, why <laughs> is he going to do this? What? So, I know, I said the same thing. But he was like, I will go back and leave you. Because I guess he had a few portions of food left. Um, he was like, I'll leave mine and I'll bring more food. So he was going to walk back and then walk back. <laughs> okay, I I don't think he's going to make it. Like, how are you going to do that? Well, he was like, I can. And they were very determined. So, okay. yeah, so this guy, he goes back by himself to the group while the other two, they continue to, they continue to walk. They kind of had, they like made a plan of where they were going to meet up, you know, like of how far they could walk and he was going to yeah. have more food. Um. So, yeah, so now it's just down to the two guys, and they hiked for a total of nine days. Um, and I am so happy to say that on the ninth day of them walking, the two men found a group of men on horseback and told these people that they were the people on the plane that crashed in the Andes Mountains. <laughs> um, wow. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, can you just imagine? <laughs> I can't. I surely can't. And what's crazy is at first, the men on the horses, they were like, y'all are liars because all those people are dead. We've seen it on the news. They are, they are yeah. they're all dead. And they're like, right. no, 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 baby, honey, we're alive uh, and well. 
not well. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So, eventually, you know, they keep talking, and the men on the horses, they do eventually believe them. They're like, what? There's no way. And so, they are able to give them bread. So, this is the first real food that they're eating that's not human meat. And so, the men oh, are like, God. big win. Good. win. Big win. Um, yeah. So, the rest of the team were rescued by helicopter, and on December 23rd, 1972, the passengers were all officially rescued. Da-da-da! Crazy. So, at first, the survivors all decided to never reveal how they were able to survive with no food. And listen, I completely get it. I would not want to come out and say that I had to eat my dead friends and family either. I mean, like, the public Mm -hmm. scrutiny. Not only does the public think you're all dead but then you're going to come back and be like two months later like hi i am alive and actually i ate all my friends and family right yeah Mm, you know like that's tough so at first all of them just told each other like oh we're we survived off the plants and herbs okay (laughs) yeah and so people actually did believe that they were like i mean yeah for sure for sure but all yeah i mean i guess oh go ahead I guess, like, they, like, the normal person isn't going to know what's there, so. Exactly. They could probably say that. Exactly. And, yeah, people would believe yeah. it. But, um, you know, as I was going to say, all it takes is one person, one little crumble to say something, and then it was out to the world. So it took one person, told somebody, and then the word spread. Um, yeah. Like fire. And so then everybody knew that it was cannibalism that actually saved them. And the survivors then came out and were like, yeah, we did. (laughs) Like, we won't deny it now that you already know. And we had to. So, yeah. And what, like, the government did for these people, they actually brought in a priest for the survivors so that they could all repent. And then they were all told that they were absolutely forgiven in the eyes of God. And so that they all know that they had to do what they had to do to survive. So, you know. Damn, that is insane. That, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's good because they were really struggling with that. They were. They were. They were... They needed that. They really did. Because... I mean, the last thing we want is for these people who are absolute survivors who have survived this horrible thing to come back and be like, now I'm not good enough. You know? Like, I didn't deserve... To survive, I guess you did, honey. You did all you could, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what you had to do. So, all in all, 14 people survived this crash, which blows my mind. I would think zero, um, which is crazy from 45 to 14 is not a lot, but I don't know. I think it is kind of a lot. Um, but yeah, 14, 14 is a good amount. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a solid third. Of the whole group, which is wild. Um, So these 14 people, along with the rest of the world, actually kind of think that these people were like the chosen ones to survive and that either magic or God or something other mystical and magical um, helped them to stay alive out there. Like it wasn't just them. That's what people say. That's what the legend says. That these people were like chosen ones to like fulfill this prophecy um and you know whether or not that's true did they have some magic who knows 
Maybe they were just like survivalists, like geniuses. Could not be me. But today in Uruguay, there is a museum dedicated to this whole situation. And that's actually how Dina found out about this um, story. She was at a museum and they had like a section about this. And I was like, well, now I have to cover it, obviously. Right, yeah. (laughs) Obviously. But what is even more wild is that now if you like TV shows like I do, you may have heard of the show Yellow Jackets. It's a really good show. I've seen all of it. Um, Savannah, I'm sure you've never even heard of it. (laughs) No, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, you haven't seen it. Um, Well, I have watched all of it, and I never even knew it was based on a true story. Um, But this is, in fact, the story that it's based on. (laughs) And when Dina told me that, I was like, you're lying. Because I was like, it's real? Because we watched the show together. And yeah, it is real. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's just No, I remember... I feel like I remember hearing that story vaguely that, like, people in the mountains had to, like, they the plane crashed and they had to eat mm-hmm. each other. Definitely. Um, Definitely. I remember hearing about that, like, years ago. Um, I mean, obviously not when it happened because yeah. I was yeah. not, alive, not alive. But <laughs> but I do remember hearing about that and I, yeah, no, but I haven't seen this show and... Now I'm curious to watch it because yeah, you should. this does sound like it would be the plot of a show. It does. It like, really does. It, so one thing that's cool about the show that so in real life, as we already know, the team was all um, they were all boys when then one girl survived. She didn't end up surviving in the end, unfortunately, but on, you know, overall in the whole fight of it all, one girl and a bunch of boys survived. But in the TV show, it's all girls and one boy. So I like that they did that. Okay. Switch it up. Yeah. But um, just if you were curious. um, Yeah. But in the show, they introduced that they have sort of like this dark magic, possibly demonic, like help, like side magic kind of that's helping them survive. So that kind of plays along with the legend of, like, there's something else that helped them survive out there that wasn't just, like, their survival skills. And so, yeah, I just want to know, what do you think? Do you think that these 14 people just so happen to be the strongest people that you've ever heard of in your life and survived? Or do you think something higher stepped in to help or maybe a little bit of both, Savannah? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe, but I feel like I'm leaning towards they had they were just kind of lucky mm-hmm. that in some in some ways they were lucky yeah and yeah. like compared to the people who died and they mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it's hard to say it really i don't is. know i do you think that there was something spiritual like helping them maybe i don't know i think one thing that I think helps them with just survival odds overall without magic or anything else um, is the fact that they are a sports team. And I myself have played on sports teams. And one thing about a team is that you have to work together. And clearly this team was very good if they were going to like this championship game. So the fact that they're able to work together and like get to a championship, I feel like 
says something about them as a group of people. So, like, maybe they were just actually really strong together and were able to survive, you know? I'm kind of leaning towards no, no magic yeah. and they're just really strong people. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It is crazy. It is. Like, the fact that yeah. the avalanche didn't take them all out is, like, that part to me, I'm like, okay, that's crazy that they breathed out of a pipe for right. three days. Yeah. So Yeah, like, know. all of them? I don't know. Like, what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know what to believe. But, so I'm going to go with maybe a little bit of both. A little bit of skill, a <laughs> little bit of magic. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, the teamwork thing is definitely probably a big part of it. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they're probably just strong and, like, have been training, like, physically, too. Yeah, physically. So. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely that helps. That definitely helps, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, that is the legend of Flight 571. Crazy. That's a crazy story. Yes, it is. Like, oh, goodness me. I just need to repeat for the millionth time that I would not survive that if that was me. Mm-mm. Like, I wouldn't even make the, I wouldn't even make the crash. <laughs> you know, like, I yeah. would probably have a heart attack out of how scared I was. Just if a plane yeah. was crashing, let alone, like, in some of the tallest mountain ranges in the world, and then you're trapped for three months. Like, what? Right. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I could either. <laughs> Wild. But I'm so glad that they did. And, like, what a what a story. Honestly. What a story. Yeah, and, like, truly. I hope also that they were given some money. I didn't look at that, look into that. I'm sure they were, were like, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Well, I mean, they or, had like, to. They had to buy, like, the flight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the airline. Whatever. the. Yeah. Yeah, the airline company. Because, mm-hmm. like, their plane crashed. Yeah. <laughs> they ruined their life. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. And, like, some yeah. of these people did sustain right. injuries, like, forever. You know? Some people, they yes. lost limbs. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. But, yeah. Um... Do not forget to check out our Instagram to see pictures from this week. Gotta see them. Um, and rate review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please. But other than that, I don't really have anything else this week. What about you, Savannah? That's it. Okay, well then I guess we will. See you guys next week. Cue the music. <laughs>